0: And welcome to, I spit on your grade, the Soho Horror Film Edition. The actual physical festival Soho Horror Film Edition, which we had the pleasure, almost all of us, of attending. Two two thirds. Two thirds. Is that what it is when there's two out of three? The
1: The fact there's a number two and a three would indicate that two thirds might be the way to go.
0: I haven't done uh, math in about 50 years, so I don't understand numbers or fractions or figures. I only understand pound signs and sex. I don't even know what that means. Um, Yeah, so how are you both? Not so bad, yourself? Yeah, not so bad, you know? Yeah. Uh, Mercer and I had the
2: pleasure of going to see Inside Number Nine on Sunday, and that was brilliant as it was the first, it's my second time because I'm a dirty super fan um, and it was lovely. It was a nice chill evening.
0: It was lovely, actually. <laughs> I, do, I keep saying this, like I'm always really shocked when I enjoy something that I know I'm going to enjoy. You're like, no, really, it was actually quite good. Yeah, I, of course it was quite good. It was meant to be good. I wouldn't pay for it if I didn't think it was going to be good, but it was actually quite good. We learned a lot about serial killers from Rishi Smith,
2: and uh, the fact that during having to Hold*, Steve Pemberton was—well, that the lady who was tossing him off was basically tossing off a sock, which was funny. I thought.
0: But yeah, it was a really nice night. There you go. Yeah. What, what makes it a night is talking about someone tossing off a sock. Um... <laughs> haven't
1: haven't got a haven't got to actually go to the event now. You can just listen to the read off, off all the anecdotes.
2: Or you can read them in the book because the book's out. Look at me pushing a book for someone who will also, never listen to this podcast.
0: Just to make everyone aware there are other books available so you, you don't have to purchase the Inside Number Nine book solely because FaZe recommended it. But you should because it's great. great. So, yeah, so we're not going to talk about what we've watched this week because... We've got a lot to get through this episode, I think. We've got a mm-hmm. full fest to get through. Um, I reckon if we just have a quick chunter about the highlights, maybe each film, the best, the worst parts, you know what it's like. You know what we're like. We're just going to talk rubbish. Just to warn anybody out there who may listen, who's not seen any of these films, there's a very good chance that Faye will drop a spoiler. for that. what she does. Um, also, me and Chris may also drop some kind of spoiler. But, you know we we'll warn you in advance of Faye opening their mouth, because we know she just lets it run. I will try not to. Yeah,
1: we will endeavour not to spoil these films. However, as you say, we get too excited sometimes with some of them, and we just can't help it.
0: Yes, we do. So shall we, shall we kick off with the opening film? We're all going to the World's Fair. Well, let's do the podcast
1: first, and then... <laughs> oh Uh, oh that's a that's a general comedy (laughs)
2: that's some general comedy dude uh yeah a lot of people had a lot of love for this film i'm not sure i was one of those people it wasn't a bad film by any means but the attention that was surrounding it i felt was a bit too generous
0: I think personally, I think the it garners its attention from the fact that Anna Cobb, who plays the lead in the film, is actually really fucking good. I think she's yeah. really captivating. She reminds me of um, Elliot Page. Yes. Um, like the way that like she presents herself, the way that she acts, like Elliot Page in like Hard Candy or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so the way that Anna Cobb presents herself, sorry, um, reminds me of Elliot Page. But I I thought that her performance was absolutely incredible, but then I was less enamoured with the man who appeared. Um, I think that was uh, Michael J. Rogers. Um, There was something a little bit... um, ..unbelievable about his performance, maybe?
1: Oh, okay. I think... I think that maybe lends more to the way the story goes rather than just his performance, because you have to buy into the fact, in exactly how the fact that some random person would have such contact with someone. I know, obviously, people with the YouTube comments, the YouTube videos, and the stuff, and he's like, view this and watch this. But you have to buy into the fact that they have that immediate connection and she's happy to hear him out immediately, which. And if you don't go with that, then I think you get it. It looks odd because of the way they try they try to play his relationship with her and some of the subvert how it comes down to in the end. I'm desperately trying not to give away even some of the themes of what yeah. they try to get, what they try to go with later on.
2: There's, I think there's a perception when you first see him on screen as to the character he's going to be to how he turns out to be. Is that what you're trying yeah. to say?
1: Yeah, Um he looks a lot. He looks a lot more oddball. And Kuki, when we first meet him, then he actually turns out yes. to be. As you say, her performance yeah. is great. I like mm-hmm. all the creepy video stuff and the initial World's Fair video. I mean, we should probably mention that it's based on kind of the um, the online kind of dares and challenges and those kind of like like the purple purple whale, like TikTok challenges and stuff. Yeah, but deadlier than that. The yeah. kind of uh, was it was it purple blue whale. Was that the one one that they were saying was the suicide one would be fair, not down with the kids with there?
2: I th- I thought so you were gonna say blue waffle, and I was gonna say that's definitely not but a dare.
1: The original, as I say, with this one, it's a case of watching a video, pricking a finger to get some blood, and this little ritual, and then stuff starts happen starts happening to her, and we see what's happened to other people who have also gone along with this challenge.
2: I'm, again, don't let me be misunderstood. I, I didn't dislike the film, um, but I just
0: I I wasn't I wasn't as enamored with it as everybody else was. Yeah, I agree. My best bugbear with the film was the actual ending, which is a trend of mine.
1: Yeah, the for me as well. It's, it's I mean it's not it's not scary. It's the tones creepy throughout, but it's not only thing that I'm watching now. feeling on edge. It's just, it's really well done. I can see the vibe they're going for, but the ending just falls completely flat. And it just, and there, and it just ends. You go, ah, oh. Yeah. Okay, that, that was it. But I'd, I'd still, I'd still say it's worth checking out if you get the chance to see it. Yeah. It's good for her performance. It's got a lot of talk about it for sure. You know, and that's,
2: that's what you want from a film. You want to get people talking and you want to get people um, you know, interested in it. And it certainly does that, I think. Then we moved on to... Digital Video Editing.
0: Full title, please.
1: <laughs> With Premiere Pro.
0: With Premiere Pro. I think it's even longer than that. The title's longer than the film. Itself, no, that's... Like. Well, that's what
1: I've got got for the title according to Mitch's website, so uh, I'm going to go with that. Uh,
2: This one was brilliant.
1: Really, really, really.
2: Absolutely
1: brilliant.
2: One of my favourites.
0: I loved this one. I, I really liked the way it was presented to us to start with. I don't think I've ever seen a film presented that way before. With the us just watching, watching the actual editing, so that was um it was really interesting to watch.
2: No, I don't think I've seen anything like that either. It, it did remind me of not to be that person because we all know I am that person. But it did remind me of a um like an extended inside Number no. Nine episode, like when you're watching Cold Comfort or something like that. You know, it's that kind of one shot and people mm. talking in background. It, or cross between Devil at Christmas and Call Comfort, um, but it
0: worked so well and it was so funny, like hilariously funny. And you, I think, it's the only film that had an actual genuine—not for me because I don't jump—but I think it's the only film across the festival where there was a genuine kind of like audience kind of Ugh! when um, when we first, <laughs> yeah, started, the um... first
1: jump, the first jump scare, I yeah. I jumped. It was when I think so I was half pain. I was I was watching the half paying attention to it and then obviously that
2: we we should probably say if you if you don't know what it is about it it literally it's a what it's you're listening to an editor and a director, I believe is it the director of the piece, um fighting out over editing and what they want to keep in the film and how they want to cut it and stuff like that. But um yeah, it's not and, it's it's not everyday footage they're looking at sort of thing.
1: No, to be fair, they can com- They say in the first, it's in the first two minutes. There's a ghost in it. Yeah. There's a ghost. shot the film and he's gone to look back at it to edit it, and there's a ghost in there's a ghost in the film, which they're trying to then, then edit around.
0: The ghost. Yeah. To try and make a story that's a love story. (laughs) They're trying to make a love story, and he's. I think the funny part is like. um, I think this film's really quite funny. Like when they're going. It's funny. other, you know, I don't know what they're called, but when you filmed other bits, you know, like background bits or stuff, and he's like, no. Or I've got rehearsals, or I've got some really bad takes, and they're just like, oh my God, we'll have to use them. Um, it is a really funny film. I think, it I think it's one of the few films that does a, a nice mix of kind of like horror, comedy, where it doesn't feel too much like it's going for outright comedy. does it feel forced. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. I definitely I want th- to watch it.
2: It's a short one
0: as well, this, just over an hour, is it not? About 50 minutes, I think. Yeah. It is. Oh, just under an hour. There you go. It's unusual that it was, um, sorry to say this, uh, Mr. Harrod, unusual that he cast it as a main film because this is normally what he does with his shorts, isn't it? Oh, a 90 minute short. Let's play that. Um... <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Mitch.
2: And then after that a short little film was the Pizzagate Massacre,
0: which I didn't see.
2: I liked it because I've, I, I've been invested in this story for quite a while because this is based on a true story, isn't it? I seem to recall reading about this ages
0: ago. It's not... The lizard people, like, the conspiracy theories are, like, true, but the actual story that they use about the pizza parlor I don't think is true.
1: It's all QAnon right-wing fucking insanity. Yeah, I mean, of
2: course, it's not true, obviously. But... No,
1: no, but, yeah, that's the same they, from I mean, I didn't, from what I read for description, yeah, so it's a whole... It's every piece of right-wing propaganda essentially crowbarred into a film. Sorry if you're right-wing, but <laughs> fuck <yeah. laughs>
2: And it's really good. It's really, really good, I thought.
0: Again, this is another one that um, I really, really enjoyed... I just didn't like the ending that much. Maybe I didn't get it. Um, I like the concept of like um, going back into consumerism or whatever and like how she's earning money. But like there was just that scene where, um, gosh, it's hard to talk about things without putting a spoiler in there. And this yeah. is at the very end. So I can't even say what it is. But there's a scene that I just went, I just don't understand why he did that because it doesn't. Mean anything really, other than it's your fucking mind.
2: Can't really help you out on that one, then, Mercer, because again, you'd have to go into a spoiler to, to describe it, and we're trying not to do that. I mean, you
0: can't, if you want to put a spoiler and just go ahead and t- say what you want to say. I'm spoil the shit out of everything. No, I'm not. not I'm not going to spoil anything. What I will say about this film is I thought everyone was kind of good. But the person who plays, like, the news, the conspiracy theorist newsreader, um, Terry Lee, or Liede, who plays her, was fucking genius. Everything mm-hmm. about her character was so fun. And she was so good at it. Um, I mean, everyone else was fine. It did, It did get a little bit, like... It was... Oh, God. It was good when we were following the conspiracy story and then it almost went into a little bit of a crime caper film and that almost made me start losing interest a little bit. It To me, it, it was kind of like a horror version of Compliance
2: or is it Compliance? Where they get the girl in the back and they start undressing her and they're taking orders from a policeman. Yeah. Over. It It fell in that kind of area for me in that there were people so willing to believe this straight away without needing a lot of convincing they were just right on board with this stupid ridiculous conspiracy theory that was clearly not true but in their mind they were justified in what they were doing and that's and that's why I liked it I think so I kind of like
0: compliance as well but I like this more than compliance oh fair um Mm. I can't remember that much but it's definitely good i wouldn't I'm, I'm not discrediting it i just again um you know wouldn't be just brutally honest just the ending just like just that little bit at the end just when we go yeah i don't really know i'm not sure what you've achieved by doing that
2: can't win them um, all and then we moved on to what happens next will scare you
0: um full disclosure fell asleep halfway through
2: what i did see i liked
0: Yeah, I was actually told pre watching this by uh, one of our listeners, uh, actually said to me, You're not going to like this film. Um, And I proved them wrong by enjoying it. Are
2: you sure you didn't just, what you just went being stubborn and, you know, stubbornly said, I'm going to enjoy it? Do
0: you know what? Because it's an anthology film, and I think anthology films quite often fall down with a wraparound because you know wraparounds they don't always very smoothly link to the stories um whereas this their wraparound is the story and 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 the 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 segments obviously all so basically for anyone who's not watched it it's about some kind of weird um, internet journalisty magazines and they're, they're looking for the 13 weirdest or scariest Um, viral videos, and it's all about clicks on videos. And basically, they just each take in turn to present a video that they've found that they think is one of the scariest online. Some of them are not good, but um, like they're not scarier. Um, and then, and then, um, as as the film progresses, the, the videos that they show start like you know, it's like art imitating life, life imitating art, the other way around. So, we get a little bit of action that way. I thought it was quite, as far as anthologies go, I thought that wraparound works really well because it felt less like an anthology and more like a film with like off See? shots. Of stories. I was
1: kind of meh with, with this because as you say, when you can go, oh, not all the, the video, not all the little viral videos are scary. N- none of them are remotely in any way shape or form scary or particularly apart from the one with the nasty bitchy cheerleader type person that's the best that's the best out of the bunch for the actual quality of the shot quality of the video and the viral bit but the rest of them just kind of dull and the problem is because they have decided to set it with this kind of vice style magazine where they've made all the people unlikable as fuck as well. Is if you don't like the viral video bit, you go, you don't have that. Then you just sit around watching a series of dull videos with a group interspersed with a really irritating group of people. And I know you. I, I I feel bad because it's. I say it's fine. It's if I put on it was on the horror channel, then I'd probably just sit there and watch watch it. And I know that p- these are the guys who made WNUF as well, which you're saying about people raving over things. I don't get the insane love for that film either.
2: Yeah, it well, set- are a bit dull. I the- thought. Like, I mean, if if I didn't want it, we're doing with the
1: the setup is the setup is really good, but there is absolutely zero payoff, and it lo- goes on far too long. They real, they seem they they realise that they it. Upon something that works and then just bat you over the head with it yeah. until it ends. You left there going, ah, for them, for this team, I'm going back to swinging the miss. It's like two, they've had two swinging the miss for me. So one more, one more if they come out. I'm not watching anything else they do. That's it, they're out. You are done. I'm done with No you. further chances, sir.
2: Um, I mean, that, that were it for the Friday. Uh, this was also at the point where, oh no, it was the next day I picked up flu from Steve there. He was patient Uh, zero, not me.
0: Just putting that out there. What was the best film from Friday then?
1: Oh, digital
0: video editing.
1: Yeah, digital video
0: editing, Mm -hmm. definitely. Digital video editing. Oh, well, look at that. In agreement. On Saturday, we started with a right banger,
2: which I was not expecting to like, but I really fucking enjoyed it. It was Turn of the Screw, and it was done essentially as a theatre piece, which was brilliant, and I would love to see that on stage.
1: I love the good. A really classic ghost story. And I love a, a theatre show. So to combine the two, yes, I am all in for, for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely spectacularly done. Looked absolutely gorgeous. Performances are all absolutely spot on. All the little the little jump scares and bits work. Well, it's just it's just really. Really, good. it's just a classic, class, obviously, from where it comes from, it's a classic ghost story and just done absolutely top of the game, top of the game with the utmost respect to the source material. And just that's how you want to see classic horror done.
2: And, it's, and because it's done as a theatre piece, I did, I was worried in the beginning with her acting going, oh, is this going to be a bit over the
0: top and a bit, you know, thespian kind of thing, but she did it really well. She did it so well. It was really cool. And I think what was also really good is that halfway through when they have the intermission and he comes up and she's like, he's like, oh, you're doing really well. And she's like, but I, th- these aren't even the right lines. And he's like, yeah, just carry on doing what you're doing. And that made you then, it just gives you a different perception because then you were like, oh, my God, is she, she's not always acting. So yeah. what she's at, we don't know whether that was part of the play or part of like, her mind, or whatever's going on in the theater, mm. um, I think, like you said, Chris, as, as taking like the source material into account and taking the fact that this this has been done so many times, the turn of the screw has been done mm-hmm. so many times. The innocence, obviously, is like probably like the most famous um and most popular version. When it comes to the celluloid, trans like transformation, transgression, mm-hmm. movement, whatever the word is, um, and I was I was a bit concerned. I, I genuinely thought just another turn of the screw, but it did turn it on its head a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it just really worked really well. And like okay. you said, I would love to sit in a theatre and watch that as a stage play, exactly how they did it. Oh, absolutely. Um, it was amazing. I, I've never seen Woman in Black on the stage, but I God. almost kind of get the feeling that this would work in a similar way to Woman in Black if they did it on the stage.
2: I've seen Woman in Black and uh, brilliant on stage, um, apart from all screaming kids, because you have to watch it in a matinee and the tech schools along and children scream all the fucking time. But I, this would absolutely, yeah, it would be on the same level as Woman in Black if you got it right on stage, definitely, I'd say. Would you
0: say?
1: So- yeah, I think it'd be good. I'd, I'd love
0: to see on on stage. Mm. So what we're saying here is Alex Galvin, the guy who directed it, um, get your act together and get this on a stage play, preferably in London, please, so that we can go and see it. Uh, I said London, but you know... Just to I mean, accommodate us. Yeah, because, you know, we're your number one fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then moved on to Murder Podcast. I'm struggling
2: yeah. to remember
1: murder podcast. It's yeah. one of two guys who have the Ramen podcast,
2: and they're in the basement.
1: And they decide, and the Ram Ramen podcast, because didn't did listen. They they want. I feel them. I felt I felt attacked the whole <laughs> through the through the start of this, but yeah. So they They then there's a odd murder occurs in their hometown, so they decide to diversify into the murder podcast and investigate. This killing. It's yeah. it's very kind of stoner comedy kind of slacker.
2: Now now that I remember it, I enjoyed it.
1: I did enjoy it. It was good. That's the thing. It didn't take itself too it doesn't take itself seriously. It's very kind of
2: it was like the other one that played at Soho, the game one where they're inventing the game. Yes. It was very much in that vein. Do you remember what that were called, Mercer?
1: Oh, Body, oh my- something.
2: Murderberry Kill. Murderberry Kill. It's in the same it's in the same style as that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'd say it's kind of just like just laid back, turn you don't you don't need to think too much about it. Just if you enjoy stoner comedy kind of performances, then you'll probably get a lot out of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on quickly with Saturday because
2: we've got three coming up one after each other that are so diverse and need to be talked about. Um, but we then moved on to Silver Blade, which was Charlie Steeds' new film. Um yep. classic Charlie Steed. Uh there is it Charlie Steed or Charlie Steeds? Steeds. I'm calling Charlie Steeds if it in Steed. Steeds. Um, yeah. Classic Charlie. Uh a murder. It, it was supposed to be called Werewolf Castle, which gives away the uh, the genre of it straight away. Um It's set in the old days and it is a guy who is uh, his his village gets attacked by werewolves and then he goes on a hunt to stop them or gets roped into stopping them and it's there are some classic classic lines in there that I'm sure once we all get together and watch it again we will be quoting for a long time to come.
0: It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) My (laughs) favorite... My favourite part was obviously it's set in ye olden days and we go to a castle, but obviously where, where they filmed, there was no actual functioning castle other than ruins. So it was just in a ruined castle where the king apparently lived, which had no furniture, no 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 staff. All it had was werewolves and uh, broken walls and no that's, windows. That's all werewolves need. Werewolves don't need home comforts. I just think back in them days, he would have probably lived in the lap of luxury. Um, it, like the villagers were better off. Their homes were in better condition than his castle. So I'm like, okay. Um, I, d- I
2: did love how in like the uh, the ensemble that went to fight the werewolf, you had like your, your standard stereotype from each group. So the one who was like, uh, who hated the new guy and I'm never going to get on with you because you're not us. One was like, oh, kid, take him under your wing. And you know, he's an all right kid. And then the wise one and stuff like that. They were all very. They were
0: all there. The whole gang was there, and there was a very odd thing going off with like where these people are from. Like the main guy, initially I thought he was French. Then I didn't know where we were from. But his younger brother in the film had like the most like um middle class or upper class London um accent ever. And then the girl that he was having an affair with were like Swedish. Or something. I'm like, where, where is this set? It's very like confusing. Anyway, we're fine. It's, it's not the worst film that Charlie's ever made. So, is it? No. It's not the best Steve I'm not, I'm, I'm not criticizing him. He'll, he's gonna really fucking struggle to top Winter Skin. We it's all no know it's no Winter it. Skin. It's no Winter yeah. Skin or an English. It's no me. Winter skinny. He set his bar, and it's his own fault. if you do not achieve that part anymore. (laughs) Right. We're going
2: to move on to my favourite film of the entire festival next. Sam and Matty make a zombie movie. I love it. I've watched it twice. I watched it at the digital one when I should have been watching new films. I watched that instead because I just love it so much and it's so joyous and it's so lovely and so funny and just a nice... Warm hug of a film, wrapped up in swears and trying to get girls and zombie demons,
1: <laughs> twins swapped at birth. It is. It is. It is really. It is really. As you say, it is very upbeat and very warm and uplifting. Only. And saying that, only two things I would say about it: a, either intersperse the the commentary and the behind the scenes stuff with the actual film you shot the whole way through or just the beginning don't do the setup and do the whole intro bit and then just cut in and out through the film footage I only did it three times I don't know but I would do one or the I would, I would do one or the other that's just the point I made and B I know I know I know everyone's like everyone's like oh I'd love to see that I'd love to see that film looks absolutely fucking no interest in watching that film
2: well i disagree myself um i thought watching the film itself was really funny there were some funny bits in it my favorite one being where i mean oh sorry just to explain sam and matty make a zombie movie and they are two best friends who've been best friends for years and they've always wanted to make a zombie movie uh, they have down syndrome, and they didn't think it was possible. But with the help of their entire town, and special effects artists, and freaking one of the Farley brothers, they managed to get this film made. And it's it's so funny. But my fa- my favorite line from the actual film itself is where one of them, I think it's Matty, is is just lost his girlfriend. She's been killed by a zombie, and he's telling his mates next day, "Oh, she's a, uh, you know, she got ripped to pieces. I'm feeling a bit down because my girlfriend's been killed." you know, so I'm feeling a bit depressed sort of thing. He's like, hey, I know this girl, so I can set you up. He's like, oh, yeah, you should do that. And it's just that switch. And it's really, really funny. I found the whole thing really funny. And I cried more than once, obviously. Mercer cried. Everybody cried. Oh, why,
0: would you, why would you tell everyone I, that? Everyone I'm cried. a hot interested. <laughs> yes, so I did you, cry. But do you know what made me cry in that film when they went to see the premiere and all them people had turned up to watch the film that's what got me emotional because that's like that like i got a true sense of community and i don't think that there's any real community in the world anymore so to actually see people come together for to support people um like that was was incredible and that got me a bit emotional
2: i'm not going to spoil it but my emotion most emotional part was um i think it it. was one of them were explaining at the end why they wanted to do the film like the whole reason as to why they wanted to do it and that choked me up so bad because it was just such a pure reason for wanting to do something And I, but again I'm not going to spoil it because it's such a lovely moment
0: What I was going to say is um, I don't agree with Chris but I do almost agree with Chris in the fact that if I didn't watch the documentary and then the film and I only saw either a trailer for the film. I would not want anything to do with that film at all.
2: The thing about um, the film is, it's, it's not, it was never going to be set out. It was never going to be as slick in terms of dialogue because th- this was the problem they were facing. So I think for, you, you know, for
0: the difficulties they face, this was a fucking feat. Yeah, it wasn't the dialogue, it was just the film itself would be like, it looks like a lot of other, like, Asylum, Made for TV, B-movies, which I don't have an interest in because I think they try too hard to either be funny um, or they, but try and make it look unintentional. And that's that would be the impression I got. But because I got to watch their creative process then I had a very different take on the film. Mm. If I didn't, then I would agree with uh, Chris and be like, I don't want to see that at all.
2: Okay.
0: But, you know.
2: No, it's fair still... enough. I mean, yeah, you know, everyone's got different opinions and well, everybody it's... takes things different ways.
0: But it is a fantastic documentary and getting to watch the film alongside the documentary was, I think, a genius um idea from them because i do think a lot of people would just do the documentary in order to get people to watch the film
2: well i mean this is the thing right they they might be of the opinion as well that people might like with chris they might not take the film at face value if he didn't have this explanation behind it so maybe it's just to give a bit of insight into what they were facing trying to make it but you're right it is a genius move to do it because they work brilliantly together Mm -hmm. yeah Then we moved on to the scary 61st.
0: Wait, the scary of
2: 61st. My apologies, the scary of 61st. This film can go fuck itself. Yes, it can. I never said this, and I'm really sorry, Mitch, I really am, but I hated this film, but he knew this was going to be divisive. This this was not going to be something everybody either loved or hated.
1: Did you see this one? I, I did. I saw part of this one because I fell asleep and then I fell asleep, woke up part of the way through it and thought absolutely no need to watch a second more of it.
0: I, I, I Just for everyone who didn't know, it's about two girls are moving to an apartment that was owned by Jeffrey Epstein. So it's the controversial film of the festival. Um, the only thing that was controversial was that Mitch programmed it because it's a piece of shit. Now, Sorry,
2: we, should <laughs> Sorry, say, we should say that there are just as many people out there batting for this film. Yeah. There are just as many people out there who love it as much as we don't like it. So it is, it's very Marmite. I just, it weren't even the story. I think the story is quite interesting. Had it been pulled off well, but I hated those actresses. But then you'll speak right. to somebody like, uh, I'm trying to think of it where, who we started with. Wait, it ma- looked. It Yeah. Other people really love their performances and I was like, they're garbage, the absolute garbage. Yeah. I hate them. There is a reason why one of them is the way she is and you find that out in the end but that still didn't save any face for me. That
0: was my impression of them was still, I hate you. Again, I don't want to spoil anything, but a film that uses Prince Andrew as masturbatory material, it uh, just does not work for me.
2: And to have a Prince Andrew bell and not make use of that bell. Cause she doesn't, she doesn't make good use of that bell. Anyway, I did not like this film.
1: No, I'm, from the bits of it I saw, I was no, life's too short.
2: Yes. However, we then did move on to the final film of the evening, Carousel the Second. Yes, yes. yes. Which I
1: loved.
2: But I love Carousel. It is brilliant. It's so funny. It's so stupid. And this one was just as stupid. Um what, what's the what's the unicorn
0: the unicorn's name?
1: You completely fucking stumped me
0: now because I can't remember. I'll tell you what his name is. Piece of wank. I hated this film <laughs> as well. I hated it so much that I went to sleep. And not because I've had three bottles of wine by this point, but because... And mold wine. And mold wine. Um, it just wasn't for me. Do you know what got me more mad than anything? And I know why they did it, but this half-human, half-fell unicorn baby and then this carousel unicorn Kind of solid, mouth move. It's just stationary. It's got no movement to it whatsoever.
2: But this is the beauty. Mm-hmm.
0: This is the
2: this is the beauty of Duke. His name's Duke. This is the beauty of Duke, and this is the beauty of Carousel. Is that in the first one he doesn't move? He's literally just like that. He's stationary because he's a it's an amusement park ride. He's not going to He's pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Which you see at the end of the first it's
0: one. Just, wow. It's <laughs> He's just... It's just... An erection and shoot his load inside someone. It's just
2: so much fun. It it's so, so much just, fun. It's stupid. It's brilliant. It's really
1: funny. The fact that he manages to hang a story together <laughs> the second one as well, it's just
0: fair play there, to the man. There is no real story. And also, it's so funny that uh, Chris is on board with this, but then would say that if he saw the trailer for *Summer Matter*, he wouldn't want anything to do with it. When *Summer Matter* is definitely got much more of a storyline than this could ever have.
2: I think if <laughs>
0: really you if, if you'd have joined in with Bad Film Club last year
2: or this year when we watched *Carousel*, I think you'd have been far on far more on board with *Carousel* too because we fell in love with it just because of how stupid it is. It's so funny. And this one did not disappoint me. No, it really didn't. It's just... And I love that. I love the the hybrid child of Duke because it's like it's like Ada. It's like Ada in Lamb. It's like my second favorite baby slash thing hybrid of the year. You think
1: you think there'd be a danger that doing it with the first one, it would just be repeat repeating the same trick for the second one. And he does, but he's just so he's just such a funny guy. And <laughs> that's the thing The script because the script was <laughs> so because he is so funny and it's so ridiculous and again it
0: is so much fucking fun Chris, I watched this say, at
1: half seven in the morning
0: can I just get this right in my head Chris did you say there could be a danger that he would retread the first story and the second one
1: I say, yeah I've not retread the first I was saying the fact that he obviously did. he's got a talking unicorn it could just be, be repeating the same trick again which and he does because that's the Obviously, that's the basis of carousel. The fact you have this talking, sentient carousel ride. But as I say, it's just—it's just so much fun. I don't understand how anyone can actually dislike it.
0: Right? Can I just point something out to the yeah. people who listen to this? Okay, I want you to—I want you to listen to what Faye and Chris have just said, and then remember that you keep voting for these to win the episodes. And the calibre of film they like is Kairos Hell the second. Seriously, what the fuck is wrong with everyone?
2: Well, you know what, Mercer? If they are voting for our films, then they're clearly of the same mindset that we are, that this was actually a brilliant film. Sorry, my dog just donkey-punched me. Yeah,
0: because you deserve it. Anyway, (laughs) favourite film from Saturday, then I'm guessing for you, Faye? Scary of the 61st. <laughs> Sam and Matty make a zombie movie. I'm
1: torn between Turn of the Screw and Carousel the 2nd.
0: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, I Saturday was a strong day. day. To be fair, on the day I walked to with Sam and Matty, in retrospect, I actually think Turn of the Screw. Fair enough. Ooh, controversial.
2: And then Sunday, our last day, when I missed the first bit of our uh, Ar- 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 I can't say arboretum. It. arboretum because I was so ill. Thank you, Steve eh. Yeah.
0: Stevie's fine. I also missed the first bit of arboretum because fear was so ill. Thank you, Fear.
1: And I actually saw none of the films, so you will you will hear very little from me for the next. 10-15
2: minutes. What I did see of this film, I absolutely adored. It it felt like um an elephant kind of film, but with a folk horror mixed into it.
0: Why are you laughing at <laughs> me? Because I didn't I didn't know what you were saying when you said it felt like an elephant kind of a film. I'm like, the film elephant. That's that's what I was yeah. It dawned on me afterwards, but I right. was just like, I thought you were the elephant in the room. I'm like, what's an elephant? No. <laughs> No, it was really well, and it, it was Euro. We're Euro as well.
2: We're German. It was German. Yeah, um, and it had that feel about it, and I like that feel sometimes. Yeah. Like,
0: so it's a film about two kind of troubled boys in, uh, well, in a small village or town in Germany. Um, they get bullied, and they they want to exact revenge on the bullies, and they they're like best friends, and they've always been best friends. But then one of them meets a girl, and um, his priorities start changing. Um and then he also meets a tree demon. I don't understand that part. <laughs> but um I just don't get that. But yeah, it's a really it is done really, really well. Um, and it's got a, quite a bit of a, a gut, like bit of a gut punching emotional kind of vibe to it. It's not outright, it's not outright horror, um, but it's definitely horrific. Cheese.
2: Well, I mean, it, it has got the horror element of it, because I, I am thinking it's got a folk element. I'm not
0: wrong on that, am I? It's got a, uh, a... Sorry, this is a spoiler, people. It's got, like, a tree monster. Yeah, it, yeah,
2: it's it's really good. It's really good from what I saw, and I'd like to catch the first part that I missed, because yeah, I was
0: dying. Um, yeah, I liked this one. I thought this one was really, really good. Mm. Um, definitely one that I'd want to Want to watch again
2: we then moved on to name above title which um in my poorly ill state sadly couldn't keep me awake <laughs> i was i was just going i was so like so whole whole soothed up is what i were and mold wind up and i was just like well me, my eyes were going because it's silent which is pretty that's
0: a pretty cool you know when we say silent, what we really mean is there's no actual dialogue but there is sound. Um, so it's not like a silent mover, um, but there's just no dialogue throughout the film. Um, which is a really good kind of thing. To, it's, it's been done before. Um, so by another kind of um, Spanish or Latino director um, in a film called Forgiveness um, which played it. Friday first. I think that's the trend now that um, a lot of films are doing, this kind of silent note dialogue um, take, which is interesting, and it starts off good, but with a film like this, I think it kind of needed some dialogue because it does get a little bit confusing. Um, there's just too many characters introduced, and just not enough explanation. Um, or maybe I'm just thick. I don't know. But um, I think personally for me i think this started off really cool and then i just found it a bit tedious and then i think it got a little bit pretentious a bit of so,
2: never hurt anyone though
0: um a bit no a lot yeah and this got a lot pretentious mm. well
2: awesome. let's move on to one of the my second favorite of the festival hellbender I purposely didn't watch Hellbender at Celluloid because I wanted to watch it just at Soho. Um, I I could have done either now because I would have loved to second watch of it as well. thought it was brilliant, fantastic take on witches and family values and stuff like that. And and the family themselves, uh, I mean, the mother in the film and the daughter in the film and the father, they they are mother, daughter, father in real life. And they're so fucking cool. (laughs) They know how to play instruments, they know how to sing, they know how to act, they know how to direct. And it shows in the film. I thought it was fantastic.
0: I thought the the songs that they did were pretty good. And I thought it started off really cool. I didn't really enjoy the whole, once the reveal happens, this weird kind of, like, mother-daughter relationship that we watch, like this new newfound bonding. I was just like, I'm not really bothered about this at all. Um... Yeah, I think for me, this was another one that I thought I was really into it, and then I just got bored when that happens. Maybe it's just because I'm a callous bastard and I don't care about people being happy or relationships being formed, but I was just a bit disappointed with it.
2: I liked the fact that she was teaching us. So, so basically, the, the witches and the, the girl finds out that she is also a witch, uh, which she didn't know until it's like coming of age type thing, uh, but the mom kind of guides her through it. And shows her what she can do to control her powers and how she can, you know, like, use them for good sort of thing. And I, I, I think I loved the ending. I'm not going to spoil the ending, but I thought the ending was brilliant. Um, yeah, for me, it was fantastic. No, nah, they
0: were all right. No, I've not really got much more to say about it. Sorry. I, I feel
2: like we haven't got much more to say about it because, again, I don't want to spoil anything. I know Chris hasn't seen it. Um, so, I especially don't want to spoil anything. Um, but I, I thought the dialogue was really organic in it, which I love. I love it when something sounds natural. And the, the teenage girl in it, I thought she was fantastic at what she was doing. The mother reminded me of Catherine Hahn. Um, so, I, I was loving her throughout because, yeah.
0: Yeah, performance wise, I can't criticise it. Um, story wise, it's fine. Yeah, it just, it just hit a lull for me. Okay. So.
2: Well, um, then we come to his final film, Slumber Party Massacre remake.
1: Which I also didn't see. Which you
2: also didn't see, bless you. Uh, I thought this was brilliant. I thought this
0: would done really well. I really enjoyed this. I really love, like, the way that it... I'm going to have to hold my hands up. I haven't seen Slumber Party Massacre.
2: I have once, really? years ago. It's not, it's not something that I remember religiously.
0: No, but I, what I love about this is, and I don't know how true it is to the original, um, so I'm taking this film on its own merits completely. So if it is, you know, if it is very much like a, a shot for shot or very thematically the same, then I apologise to everyone for my lack of knowledge. Yeah, what I liked about it is the way that it kind of flips everything around. So I love the fact that we've got these, the the four... Four female protagonists, five female protagonists. I think in the end, um, and they purposely play characters within the film, as in you know, to present to the world because they've got a plan and a plot that they want to follow out, and they need to a certain mold to try and pull this kill out. Hmm? Caricatures, yeah, yeah. So they're playing like horror movie caricatures, but like. They're playing them. So it's not like it's not that's not their character. So I love that. And I love the fact that we get to see like the dudes having their slumber partner and their like pillow fights and they're singing and dancing along in their shower scenes and all all the kind of tropes that you assume not assume, all the kind of tropes, especially in 80s films, we watch girls do that and mm. girls are the victims, whereas these girls are not the victims. And these guys are the ones who don't have a clue what's going on. And the fact as well that the guys are
2: just as cautious as the girls. So when they see some kind of danger, they're not all macho going, we'll go sort it. They're all like, oh, no, we should be getting out of this situation because this is not going to end well for us.
0: Well, they do say we'll all sort it, which is why they end up all getting killed. (laughs) Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, Well, everyone dies, don't they? It's point in life. Um, We all die eventually. (laughs) Um, what I do like about this, and I don't think we see it enough in horror movies, is we get these bunch of boys and girls come together and they don't trust each other. And normally mm-hmm. in like, it's kind of like slasher films, there's such a reliance on trusting just any random that you meet, um, which is normally why you end up getting butchered because that random's normally a fucking killer. But these are just like, oh, hang on a second. This really, like, we just don't trust you at all. Um, and I like that because it's not this kind of standard, you know, you're there, we'll be friends and we'll go through this together. This is like, we don't know who you are, so maybe back off.
2: I think as well, it benefits from actually being a lot of fun. Um, again, I, I don't remember Slumber Party Massacre that well because I've only watched it once, maybe twice, eons ago. Um, but you get in this some some kill set pieces that you don't tend to get a lot these days. I, Horror these days, obviously, I, I'm not using the term elevated because we don't use that term around here; it's a banned word. Um, but you do get a lot of horror films, maybe wanting to be above the horror. They want, to, you know, they don't want to show people getting slammed into a car or getting an arrow through the head or something. Yeah, but this just runs with it, and it is probably because of *Slumber Party Massacre* that they do it because the director, she did say that there were some nods to the original. I'm not entirely sure what they were, um, but it it was just it was it was really fun to go along with it without it being just that, without it being just about kills and just about gore and just about deaths. It was it had a really strong a strong message behind it essentially. Yeah, hmm. great film yeah, to end of,
0: on. Fantastic film to end on. Um, one one of the top of the festival as well, which I think mm-hmm. is a really cool thing for it to have. Been, um, I don't know why. I mean, with it being the last film, there's nothing worse than a last film being a fucking downer, it's not, and just be like, Oh, no, okay,
2: climax, um, climax,
0: <laughs> I love climax, so Fuck you. worked for me. Um, but now I thought that was definitely a lot of fun, definitely yeah. one that I'll want to revisit. I said that about a lot, though, and I never revisit anything because i miserable, but I
2: think. Over, like, overall, I mean, more than overall, it would, it had some really strong films this year, but it always has strong films. So, and obviously, mixed in the digital one as well the week after. Uh, but my apologies, some of us were at work and such, so couldn't do it. So, we're, we're not really talking about that on this episode. So, sorry. Um, but if you did catch the digital one, I, I saw a load of people raving about the films on there as well. So it clearly had a strong lineup then as well. And just shout out to the venue because, oh my God, I loved it so much. It was under a railway track and <laughs> it was quite funny because when the, um, when the trains would go over, in some scenes it kind of added to the film because yeah. it felt like there was bass that was just going, it's like, hang on, is this intentional? Is this actually in the film
0: or is this the train? Yeah. But it
2: worked really well.
0: <laughs> As well, they were like, "Oh my god, it's 4D. We're in 4D. <laughs> it we're amazing. Uh, we're a really cool venue, not overly priced. Mm-hmm. Lovely staff as well. I had a lovely night at the end, chuntering away to whoever they were, whatever they were called, with
2: lovely mulled wine and Camden ale, and they'd let you bring your food in, so you could like have, you could take your takeaway in there, which a lot of venues don't do. They were just so lovely. I really hope well, it's pr- back there next well, year. Well,
0: what's that? We went getting told at the start of like at ten o'clock every morning you need to get your dinner orders in now, uh, which was fantastic. We never know Barrington might be there next year. Barrington might be
2: telling you to get in a burger from Just Eat. <laughs> no, anyway, festival. Film a Festival. Sam and Mahe, make a zombie movie.
1: Either turn the screw or carousel the second
0: good Jason you make me feel sick every time you say it <laughs> um i think mine is probably going to be uh the digital video editing I'm about to
1: say yes that's that's also up there for me i can i, I think i probably blanked out because i think of it as a, a shorter mm-hmm. feature but oh god yes that was great as well as you say, it's hard to pick the best film from this strong lineup. Yeah,
2: because like Hellbender were amazing and um Pizzagate Masters were I amazing. I didn't see half
1: of them. I still I'm struggling to pick from my favourite from yeah. half the lineup. So the rest of the stuff could have been absolutely nuts trying to pick one from that. I mean, you know. Props
2: to Mitch. He pulls it off every single time. I, I don't think people know just how tirelessly, t- tirelessly, tirelessly this guy works to bring people and just the little details he puts into everything. He rocked up before Carousel II in a fucking inflatable unicorn suit. Now, that's dedication.
1: I don't see any other festivals doing that. He also doesn't wear a tie, so he does work tirelessly. You're quite right. Tirelessly. For God's sake, it's been a long
0: day. Sorry, just while we're talking about Mitch working tirelessly, we may as well take this opportunity as well to let everyone know that there's another online Soho Film Festival on the 29th of December featuring some extra special guests doing a live podcast. Yes, that's right. Nightmare on Fear Street are back. No, it's us (laughs) for a change. We are back doing a live uh, Christmas edition episode. So, um, that'll be fun for you, third time of Christmas films, people. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll, we'll, maybe we should just take two seasonal, season's greetings horror this time. Like we've done Christmas, we've done horror set in winter. And now we're just going to do horrors that have got like the Christmas season in them. I've already picked mine. Horrors
1: that have the spirit of giving.
0: Yes. (laughs)
2: Serbian film. Not a Serbian
0: film. Yeah, so, um, and that's an online event, and if you join the Soho Facebook page, um, you will be able to take part, and it's a Donate What You Can event this time round. So, you know, get on there, get donating, and listen to us talk some shit live. Yeah, give generously, because tis the season.
2: So, you know, give give Mitch a present. He deserves it.
1: He does. Bless him. While you're on Facebook, you may as well follow us on there, I guess. You can find us at I Spit On Your Grades on the Facebook. The follow Facebooks? The Facebooks. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Spit Grades. And if you need to reach us for any other reason, you can always email us. At electricpossums at gmail.com. And please, if you do like what we do, take a moment to rate review. And if you love it, subscribe, please, because every little bit does help. You can find us on all major podcast providers Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and the like. Acast, mm-hmm. we are there on all of them. So please, if you enjoyed it, keep, keep listening. Please recommend us to other people. Uh,
2: thank you for listening. And
1: we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.